And on a beautiful day in the Queen City of Cincinnati, Ohio, we are going to break down exactly how the Bengals can bounce back after their loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. And we're going to find out exactly how they can beat the San Francisco 49ers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Back Row Bengals Show, all brought to you by Fansided.com. Head on over there if you want to read about the Bengals. You can read some of my articles by at Back Row Bengals. And then also you can read all about different sports all different teams, all across the NFL, all across this great world. We have some great writers over there, some great podcasts. So please go over there and give them a listen. Give those blogs a read. I am your host, Josh Miller, and it's so great to be back. Um, it's it's just the the losing to the Chargers, and especially in the way that we did with mix and fumbling on the drive to basically go take the lead starting out so slow and starting out down 24 nothing just to come back, have a chance to win, and then lose once again. It's just left such a bitter taste in my mouth, and it's, it's disgusting. I, I hate losing. I hate it. And, and this, team, this team that, you know, that, that Cincinnati has is not a team that should have lost that game. It's not a team that uh, should be in trouble. I feel like this team is talented enough to – basically at this point in the season be nearing a, 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 a playoff clinching game, but they're not, they're still on the wild card. If the playoffs were to start today, the Bengals would be in, but they have a really, really tall task on Sunday. And it seems like basically from every game here on out, it's, it's going to be either a must win or, or, or as close as you can get to a must win as you possibly can this week. They have the San Francisco 49ers. Now the San Francisco is obviously not, in the AFC. So a loss here wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I got to tell you, we got to start stacking these wins. The Bengals are at seven and five right now, and everybody is hot on our tail. Everybody's good. Everybody's good in the AFC North. Uh, thank God uh, Baltimore took a loss last night or last week against the Steelers, a team from West or from near West Virginia uh, actually gave us a, a, a chance here. And it, it, I know they're in Pennsylvania. I meant close to West Virginia, but they kept the Ravens within a game within the uh, between that us and the bank us and the Ravens. Oh, excuse me, man. I'm all over the place. Right before I got on here, I poked myself in the eyes. I'm I'm a little trying to catch back up here, but we're okay. So the Bengals seven and five. We we were close to catching the Ravens. We still got them later in the year, uh, but we got to take on the 49ers this Sunday. I wrote a blog. Uh, that came out yesterday about the ways that the Bengals need to um, need to basically accomplish and, and what the Bengals need to do in order to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Because even though the Niners aren't exactly the upper echelon in the league, they're still third in their division. They've taken some some odd losses, but this is a matchup that I don't particularly like against the Bengals. I think this is a team that can give the Bengals a lot of fits. We're seeing the 49ers, obviously, their mainstay is going to the ground game, and, and they're very, very good at the ground game. Uh, obviously, the running back uh, room is, is thin. They still continually go back to the running and can get, getting a ground game going. And that for teams that, that focus mainly on the run game, the Bengals have had trouble with. I always go back to the Cleveland game. Uh, as a perfect example of that, I mean, once Nick Chubb got going, it was over from there. They ended up being 45-7. to seven. Also, on top of that, 
the Bengals traditionally aren't very good against the 49ers. Now, I don't know if that has to do with us getting beat by them in the Super Bowl or if it goes all the way back then. But the last time we played the 49ers in Paul Brown Stadium, it was an absolute ass-kicking um, on the 49ers part. I believe we lost 45-7, but the game was over by halftime, basically. That all being said, in terms of actual personnel, the Bengals do or, or, the Bengals are better in terms of just straight-up personnel. However, again, I talked about the matchup that uh, the 49ers give the Bengals. It, it gives a lot of – there's a chance of them giving us a lot of fits, a lot of a lot of problems, especially up front. The Bengals have got to do something that um, they really haven't been doing very well over the this past year, and it's taking care of the ball. Joe Burrow's got a league-high 14 interceptions. He's accounted for 18 turnovers altogether. His pocket presence on the backside has not been up to par. There's a lot of times where he gets sacked and it's an immediate fumble. You go back to the Raiders game. You go back to last week against the Chargers. He had one of those again. But he's got to be able to limit these turnovers. This is something that he needed to be working on during the offseason and something that we thought coming out of the bye, if he was able to control the turnovers, we'd be able to be in really, really good shape. Now, they we did rattle off two wins right out of the bye, especially a big one coming off against Pittsburgh. But again, in both the Raiders game and the Pittsburgh game, Joe Burrow had a turnover, and the Raiders, it was a fumble, and the Steelers, it was a pick. And, and he can't be having those. And especially, you can't be having the interceptions that he did like he did against the Chargers. I understand that the the first interception when he threw the Jamar Chase, that was all on Jamar pretty much. The ball hit him directly in the hands. I get that, but th- that number's got to come down. And then also on top of that, as a team, this team cannot be turning the ball over. I, I don't think that we are good enough to be able to be turning the ball over as much as we do, which is towards the top of the league, um, and still be in games. I, I That just kills us. And you saw it last week when Mixon fumbled on the game-winning drive. Like That was the game right there. And maybe it wasn't the game-winning drive, but it was the drive to take the lead. And then Towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the game, it, I, it was a really really bad interception. Now I understand we were down by sixteen and the clock was ticking. I believe there was only like five minutes left. Trips into the end and in, into the red zone anymore, and he literally threw it into the end zone. And it almost seemed like it was out of frustration, like he just could not get synced up. So I, it it that's got to be cleaned up if we if we really want to beat the Niners. You can't be giving them free possessions. You can't be giving them possessions on our side of the 50, especially if the defense has just gotten off the field. And then that leads me into my next point. you got to be able to control the ground game if you're the Bengals. you got to dominate that time of possession. The Bengals recently have been very good with time of possession. I go back to the Raiders game where they pretty much doubled the Raiders' time of possession, kept that offense off the field, and that's how – the Bengals were able to absolutely manhandle the Raiders. They're going to have to do the same thing with the 49ers. I mean, they're going to they're going to try to do the same exact thing. They're going to try to keep our defense on the field for a long time. They're going to try to have methodical drives. So that's that's going to be 11, 10, 10, 11, 12 play drives that just break a team's spirit. So in order to counteract that, you got to do the same thing. That means getting Mixon going early. I hope this fumble does not come back to haunt Mixon. That was a pretty costly fumble, and you see with running backs, like when they have one of those costly fumbles, usually the next week they're not 
they're not great because they're not they're playing conservative. They're 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 holding on to the ball more. And you know, while ball security is indeed job security, Joe Mixon's got to be able to take over the game. He's got to be able to dominate again, like he did uh, not over that last week, but against the pits against Pittsburgh and against the Raiders. He's got to get back to form. Also, on top of that. You establish that ground game. You get the ball out of Burrow's hands a little bit more. He's not throwing 30, you know, 30, 35 times. And for him to not do that, which would be incredible, um, because at this point with his pinky, we don't really know if Joe Burrow is going to have the extra zing on the ball, if he's going to feel any pain when that ball is released. I know today at practice he was passing. He was up and moving around. He didn't participate in all of the drills, but he was able to uh, throw a couple of deep balls, throw some medium range balls and, and threw a couple of short passes uh, with some zip on it. This is coming from Paul Daner Jr. of the athletic, uh, his report. But that being said, getting the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands, it makes him be able to key up on the big play when we, when he does get the ball in his hands so he can take that deep shot and have as much zing on it as possible. Then on top of that, if Joe Burrow's hands does start to hurt, we're going to have to go away from him. And the Bengals are going to have to establish, being able to establish the ground game early will get that defense tired later in the game. So if it does get to that point, we'll already have the ground game established. We can still get out of there with a win. Another thing that has to happen is Zach Taylor cannot have a game like he did against the Chargers. I mean, that was probably his worst game that I've seen him coach in a very long time. This is a guy that has only one. I mean, he went to and uh, I think, he, yeah, he, he only had two wins in a season. And then uh, last year, we only had four. But this year, it's different. And we have the personnel to win and we have. Um, the talent, and we have the ability to get to the playoff. He can't have bad games. He can't mismanage the clock. Now, I'll give him a little bit of a leeway here because recently, and especially this year, Zach Taylor, in terms of clock management and play calling, and at the end of the two, at the for, for excuse me, at the two minute warning at the half, and at the two minute warning at the end of the game, Zach Taylor has been very, very good. Um, but, I mean, against the Chargers, it looked terrible. You could go with the timeout taken before going for two, which, again, in the first quarter, which was a really bad decision. There's no real football analytic or really anything that really supports going for two there. Now, I'm talking about the first touchdown that the Bengals had when they were down 24. They score, make it 24-6. to six. And I don't understand going for two because then if you score – say you kick the extra point you score again which is what the Bengals did then just like that it's 24 to 14 you're right in the game that's a two possession ball game but instead they take a timeout to set up a play to then get a delay game to then try for the PAT and miss it I mean that's a that's a that's a soul crusher to an offense and to a stadium that was it finally got some momentum finally got some energy and just like that you're chasing that point entire game can't do that against the 49ers you got to take your points when you can you shouldn't be chasing the point in the first quarter you really shouldn't if you're chasing points in the first quarter the game's probably already gone at that point and the game against the Chargers was not gone 24 to nothing in the NFL it, it, it seems tall 
But when you have an offense with Joe Burrow that has shown that they could score quickly and it has a defense that can get you three and outs when you need to, which is what the defense did, they were hot on Justin Herbert's tail. They, they really were. That being said, Zach Taylor can't have a game like that. Let's go ahead and segue over to, to the next point that I have. Uh, again, it, it goes back to a Zach Taylor decision that I, I, a lot of Cincinnati was also questioning. And I, I immediately tweeted about it. And a lot of you probably saw it. I probably used some language I really shouldn't have, but uh, I digress when you're a Bengals fan. I mean, that's just kind of what happens. But anyway, I don't know why Logan Wilson was out on punt team on that. I mean, I understand that in the NFL, it's a little bit different. You're going to have starters on special teams, but that guy's your quarterback of the defense. He's a pro, he's a pro bowler. He, he was having one of the best seasons. Uh, I've seen a Bengals linebacker play and he probably was going to be a pro bowl linebacker, but now he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And he's not only is he going to be out for a couple of weeks, probably the most important stretch of the season right here. Because again, you've got Baltimore coming home. You got a revenge game against Cleveland. You got to go to Denver. You're going to need Logan Wilson here. We're going to really miss his absence here against the 49ers. And I, I thought the Bengals really should have taken a look at picking up Zach Cunningham, who just got released by the Houston Texans for disciplinary reasons. I'd love to see what those disciplinary reasons reasons were. I didn't really see much of what exactly that meant because to get a kicked off of the Texans, I mean, that, that's got to be pretty hard. But Zach Cunningham's also a really, really good, solid linebacker that we could have put in that room that's already really, really thin, and now it's even more thin. You're going to miss Logan Wilson on the George Kittle matchup because I, I thought if, if Logan Wilson was going to be healthy during this game, that's who he was, he was going to be matched up against Kittle. And, and Logan Wilson really was probably the only linebacker we have that can match up with George Kittle's speed. You got to get Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball, and you got to get him to throw away from Kittle because if they don't go to the ground game, they go right back to George Kittle. He's has he's had monster monster numbers when he's out on the field. So when you are on defense, you got Lou Anarumo is going to have to find a way to scheme it up to get the ball away from George Kittle. Have Jimmy Garoppolo throw in other areas. You got to keep bringing the press pressure on Jimmy too. Got to get Garoppolo to throw away from Kittle. That that's going to be a big, big factor. That's how you're going to stop him on defense. Now, Luana Rumo, who has taken quite a bit of criticism, I'll I'll be the first one to say I gave him a fair amount of criticism before the year started. You've seen his defensive schemes start to work, and not only work, work efficiently. They're, they've they've worked really all year, and a lot of the games that the Bengals were in, you know, all the way to the very end. And then on top of that, you take away some one point losses or, or excuse me, one score losses. I go back to the Packers game. The defense has kept this team in it. Oh, I also go back to the Vikings game as well. This defense has kept these teams, kept these teams in it. And Louis Aaron has been able to uh, scheme up a great defensive game plan. He's going to really be tested here. This might be Louis Aaron hardest week of the year. With now that we're out, and I know Chidobe Awuzie, I'm pretty sure, is going to be out this week. Um, I, it's he's he's doubtful. Really, you're gonna feel that absence. So it's and that that's huge. That's huge. You got to get 
got to find a way. So this is going to be Luana Ruma's hardest game easily of the year. So let's stay on injuries here. I, I really am expecting Riley Reef and Trey Hopkins to be back by Sunday. And I think one of the reasons why I expect that so much is because they saw how exactly their absence really affects the offense. Joe Burrowhead was running a lot against the Chargers, and that's a solid defensive line. It's not a great defensive line, but it's solid, and they were able to get to him quite a bit. The running game, we I mean, Joe Mixon only had like 60, 65 yards. He really looked average against the Chargers. The offensive line had a lot to do with that. The offensive line um, is much better with them out there. So I think they saw that and they're like, okay, we're going to have to play through banged up. Because as much as I like Isaiah Prince, and I think maybe we can get him up to speed and maybe you know coach him up through off a couple of off seasons, he's not, he's not as good as Riley Reef is. He's just not. And we, you got to have that veteran leader out there. And then also on top of that, Jonah Williams has got to step up. He's got to play better than what he did um, on Sunday. So hopefully they can do that. If they can do that, that offense can get going and get going fast. So I, I'm really expecting that to come out of these, uh, these you know, the, the Bengals here. I want to go back to – we're going to go back all the way – to the beginning of the year when the Bengals had a hundred percent base hundred percent um excuse me attendance at all their OTAs, which is something in the NFL that's really kind of unheard of. And then Zach Taylor gave the players a couple days off of training camp and, and let them rest up. He was really kind of killed for that decision. I liked it because it gives the players a chance to rest and it shows you know, when you win and you do good, you get good things that come to you, like a day off, you know, a, a light practice. Um, and and it, so far, it's it's worked. You see the health. The Bengals have had, up to last game, the Bengals have been incredibly, incredibly healthy. Probably one of the healthiest teams in the league. That's why a lot of these early losses that they really should have had, like the Jets game and, you know, and the Packers game and, and a lot of these games that they were in and should have won, it really, really hurts now because of how healthy that they were. Now they aren't. Jack Zach Taylor, I know, after the win against the Steelers, gave the players a day off um, right after that, which usually your Mondays, you're usually in your film room and you're usually lifting and, and you're, you're, you know, the quarterbacks and wide receivers might run a couple routes or, and such like that. But he gave him another day off, which I'm I was fine with. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I mean, obviously, more the more healthy we can be towards the end, the better, especially in the NFL. But then the team looked very unprepared. I mean, going down twenty four nothing to anybody in the first quarter is bad, and in a game that Zach Taylor himself said this is the most important game of the year. His team was not ready to go. They were not prepared. So I don't think there's going to be many off days after that, after that unpreparedness. That being said, the Bengals cannot come in unprepared. They cannot get down to the 49ers 24 to nothing because that's going to be incredibly hard to get back. Because again, like I said, the 49ers like to have 10 play, 11 play, 12 play, control the clock. 
types of drives. They like to keep the ball in their hands. Their best defense is a good offense. That being said, the San Francisco the the 49ers defense hasn't been great. It really hasn't. They've, they've given up a lot of points. I'm looking at the record here. They've given up 30 to the Packers. They gave up 28 to the Seahawks. Uh, they gave up 30 to the Colts. And they gave up 33 to the Lions. I mean, they, they, they give up points. So offensively, I think this matches up really well if we're healthy. Jamar Chase cannot be dropping a ball right back into their hands. That was a crusher of that of that offensive drive. I mean, it really kind of crushed the entire game because, I mean, that was a walking touchdown, and then the Chargers pick it off, go down, score a touchdown. That's a 14-point swing. That's massive. And then down uh, in the fourth quarter, when we're trying to make a comeback, even though the game was, was getting close to over, we saw drop after drop after drop. These wide receivers, the, Wide receiving core struggled, with the exception of T. Higgins. T. Higgins had himself a good game, even though he had a couple of drops. You can't be dropping easy balls. You can't be dropping balls in the end zone. You can't be batting balls up when it's a walk-in touchdown for the Chargers to pick it off. You can't do the same thing against the Niners. Can't happen. 100% cannot happen. One thing that, a couple of things that really give me hope, though, is that the Niners are again are not susceptible to not playing well and excuse, giving up a lot of points where they probably shouldn't. They go they got embarrassed against the Colts, who arguably, I mean, I would say the Colts are, are kind of an average team. They're 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 coming in after their second loss to Seattle, which is an absolute crusher, losing thirty to twenty three to a Seattle team that is 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 very subpar in every which way of the game. So that can either mean a good thing or a bad thing. That can mean that the 49ers are coming in pissed off, or it can mean that the 49ers are really down on themselves. And you got we're really hoping for the latter. But in order you can instill that, you can instill that feeling of being down and and not being good enough by stomping on them early. And that leads me to my final point of, of how the Bengals need to beat the 49ers. You've got to start with your best game. You can't build up to it. It's the NFL. You can't be waiting until the third and the fourth quarter to bring your best game. I've talked about it a little bit before. In college football, the game is pretty much decided on, on probably like 20, 25 plays. That's usually what decides a game. Maybe it's a little bit less in some games. Maybe it's 10, you know. And my camera's kind of going out a little bit here. Let me see if I can switch over. Okay, we're good. In the NFL, it's a lot, lot different. It, it, the, the NFL, it's probably decided on five to seven plays. That's what the game is decided on, five to seven plays. And you can, you can crush the 49ers' hopes and dreams early, early. If this offense gets going... I, I, as much as I want to get the ground game going, I also want to match that with some deep balls, some, some mid range, maybe some 20 yard passes. Let's get this offense moving. You score early on this team, you go up 14 nothing, they're going to start to rationalize a little bit. They are coming over from San Francisco. That's a tough flight, man. It's a tough flight. It wasn't tough for the Chargers, but it's always a tough flight. They're coming off of a big loss. That's their, it's their second divisional loss to Seattle. And I mean, they they're they're right. They're way back in their division. They're third, 
And I know that they're banged up, but they're still coming in looking for a W. Kyle Shanahan's going to have something drawn up, ready to go for the Bengals. So offensively, you cannot start with a bad game. You got to start with your pet, the, the foot on the pedal, on the gas, all the way down to the floor. The Bengals can do that. They, they are smart with their personnel. Zach Taylor bounces back uh, and has himself a great game. You limit the turnovers and you start out fast, this team's going to be in pretty good shape. It is. I, I, I do predict that the Bengals will win. Obviously, I predict the Bengals win every week. Uh, but I think this one's going to be a lot tighter. I think this is going to be a 24-21 to 21 type of victory. Defense is going to have to win it at the end. And, again, when you look at matchup in terms of personnel versus personnel, we have, obviously, we have the better roster. But in terms of scheme versus scheme, they, have the, they probably have a more effective offense now again they're they're banged up in their backfield they're using a lot of Debo Samuel but again if you can get it away from their stars you get away from Debo you get away from Kittle Bengals are going to be in pretty good shape it's in Paul Brown Stadium place has got to be rocking it's got to be loud we're going to need more people than we did for the Chargers man I gotta tell you it, we saw a lot of green uh in the stands and it was it was kind of disheartening because it is the most important it was the most important game of the year and now it's gone but we move on. The end, The grind continues. It does not stop. So the Bengals will continue on their path to the playoffs at four against the San Francisco 49ers. I can't wait. I'll be there. Stripe squad, please come up and uh, pictures, you know, talk to me. Any Anything. I, I love it. I love it. And uh, we'll be meeting Kay Adams, which will be pretty fun. So that's pretty cool. All right, y'all. That'll do it for me. We went about 25 minutes here. We, we got the breakdown in. We're ready to go. This Bengals team is ready to go. They're hungry. They want to make the playoffs. They will bounce back. I love the locker room. The locker room knows exactly how to respond to a loss, and we've seen them respond to losses before. So I think they can do it. They'll be just fine. Let's get back to it. All right. This has been the Back Row Bengals Show, all brought to you by Fansided.com. Head over there. Read all of our blogs. Listen to our podcast. Read my blogs. Go over to StripeHype.com as well. It's our sister site of Fansided.com. And you can basically read all of my blogs, the app Acro Bengals blog. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Read the Stripe Hype stuff and um, go from there. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all later. Thank you so much for listening in. And uh, I'll see you Sunday. Peace. Hootay.